I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. On the line! It's the line! Reynolds! Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, you are listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome back to Tin List Tuesday, where we dive into all things NRL Supercoach for round 16, proudly sponsored by the Standard Squeeze. I'm your host, the Supercoach Brain. You can see I'm not joined by anybody this week. Maddie off for work this week. He's away, funnily enough, a bit closer to me than he normally would be. Uh, he's in Sydney for the week, but uh, I'm writing solo. So throw some comments in the chat. Let us know how you went last week. And also, if you have any questions for the week upcoming, drop them in the comments. I'll do my best to answer them over the next hour or so. We'll see how long we go, how long my voice holds out for. Um Guys, please, if, if you want to support the show and you like the content, please hit subscribe just underneath there uh, and hit like as well so that the episode reaches more people. If you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please hit follow, leave us a review. It's the uh, only way really that we can get the episodes out and get the podcast out to more people. So we would really appreciate it. For any, uh, before we dive into the NRL stuff, for any NBA fans out there, we've uh, we've seen... The Denver Nuggets take out the NBA Finals, so congrats to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, very well deserved as well, by the way, I, I think, as, a, as an avid follower of the NBA. I think they definitely were the best team this year, and, and Jokic, Finals MVP. Yeah, there was nobody else that uh, should have took that out, so congrats to them. Uh, off the back of the NBA, obviously, where we'll be launching our NBA podcast with Matty Garrett as well coming up, so very exciting times at Insight. Um, the NBA debut episode drops tomorrow at 3 p.m., so keep an eye out for that one. Go, You can go and 
turn notifications on in YouTube for it so you don't miss it as well. Um, but that is enough about the NBA. As, as always, there's so much shit to cover this week. Probably more so. I, I mean, I would have thought that maybe there'd be less to cover this week, uh, but there's more carnage, if that's even possible. Last week was a bit of a hanger of a week, so we'll cover the the week just gone, all the relevant Supercoach scores, all the guns, all the flops. Um, obviously, with New South Wales and Queensland squads now being available and being out and, and named, we'll talk through the changes to the New South Wales and Queensland squads, which are probably going to have a direct effect to, to what our Supercoach sides look like or how many we have available this week as well if you've uh, been hit by a couple like I have. So a bit uh, kind of shot by that one. But anyway, we've got trades for a reason, so we'll we'll rip into them. Uh, we'll talk about the big ins and outs from TLT as well, round 16. We'll go through all of those. Uh, most bought and sold players as well, we'll kind of cover that too, but I'll talk you through my trades and my captains. Uh, I know a little bit about what Maddie's thinking as well, so I'll I'll try and cover that and throw that in there as well. Let us know how you went last week in the comments as well. We've got some good scores. Uh, and fuck, last week was a massive week for scores, wasn't it? It's um, I got 1378, so I went up 1,500 spots into about 6,500. Uh, I know Maddie got 1,260 into about 7,000. So we're, we're very similar. I think there's 20 points between me and Maddie. So, and we have very different teams. So it's uh, funny how it's worked out. But it'll be a race to the finish with, I think, 11 rounds left. So... Let us know how you went. Uh, good, good to see some questions coming in as well. I'll do my best to answer those as we go. But writing solo, it's a little bit harder for me to manage comments and reply to them and keep the kind of show flowing, I guess, at the same time. So I'll do my best. But if I miss you, I apologize. Just chuck the comment in again if I missed it. Uh, all right. Standard squeeze. Very quickly, big supporter and, and sponsor of the podcast. If you haven't checked out the standard squeeze, Go and check them out at thestandardsqueeze.com. You can get yourself a four-in-one that keeps your drink cold, your beer, your Coke, whatever it is that you want to have, or you can chuck a coffee or a tea in it, keeps it warm nearly all day. I think it up to four hours, it'll keep it at the same temperature, which is pretty cool. And then we've got these bad boys as well, the, the squeeze containers. So you just squeeze the bottle, then it measures the perfect 30-mil shot. That's the double shot, that one, but it measures the 30-mil shot. Uh, so if you want to go and if you're going to go out and you're going to have a few drinks and you've got to drive or whatever, uh, you'll at least know how many you've had. So definitely a really good tool and, and saves the broken glass and all those kinds of things when you're going out, taking a bottle of whiskey with you or whatever. So um, here we go. What do we got? We've got some scores rolling in. Raymond Crane, 14.46 last week. That's huge, mate. Well done. Uh, g'day, Brad. How are you, mate? Thanks for hopping on, guys. Raymond Crane, good to have you back. Um, yeah, Cleary uh, ruined a few people last week. Um, but obviously, if you pivoted to Mitchell Moses, probably in a big load of shit now this week too, which is exactly where I'm at, which is great. So we'll talk about, I guess, how to approach Mitchell Moses. We'll talk about how to approach Greg Marju, which is a big talking point today in the last three hours. We haven't really had a ton of time to process all of this, but we'll give it a crack. Um, Damo with a massive week of 1,005. Um, mate, there's always next week. That's the beauty of it. Uh, Salty, 1260. Uh Matty got lucky. Professor Cactus, 1453. Nice, mate. Finally in the Molten Top 100. How good. Congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, and 1451 for Gustavo. So some big, big scores out there. Would have seen a bit of uh, green arrows floating around, which is fantastic. So congrats to all of those guys. Um, squeeze of the Week winner as well. Before we get into the content, Squeeze of the Week winner being the highest scorer for the Insight Unlimited group in Supercoach. Goes out to Bailey, Coach of Bailey's Boys. Got really creative with the name there, Bailey. 
uh, with a 1586. 1586. That's huge. Up to 281st overall as well. So well done, Bailey, mate. You win yourself a cocktail pack courtesy of the Standard Squeeze. So reach out to us on social media, wherever you follow us, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, we'll get your Addy and we'll, we'll get it sent out to you, mate. Congratulations. Also, Turbo's Hammy taking the lead again. There's a bit of chopping and changing in this leaderboard over the last few weeks. So good to see plenty of competition out there. Uh, 53rd overall, Turbo's Hammy in first in the league, closely followed by Filmer Balls, 67th and Benge Ball, 87th. So some uh, really good uh scores out there and some good rankings as well and demo you wish unlucky not kind of not squeeze of the week maybe if we gave a score out for lower score of the round you'll uh you'll be in it mate but maybe next time maybe next time now let's revisit round 15 normally we would do a sunday wrap up but obviously the last game was on monday and and we had a fair bit of family stuff going on yesterday maddie and i so uh we decided to give it a miss but i'll, I'll cover it now um Round 15 winners. So let's go through the, the hundreds, I guess. The, the hundreds are the relative, uh, the relevant scores we should be looking at. Ruben Garrick with 169. He um, scored a hat-trick, did nearly everything, kicked nearly all of his goals. Uh, everybody was a little bit worried about Ruben Garrick at the start of the week. Everyone was thinking, oh, centre, including myself as well. I said it on the pod and me and Maddie were pretty much against it in thinking that maybe Ruben Garrick at centre wasn't great, but what we didn't know is that Ruben Garrick was actually going to be moved over to the right side. So we thought he would have been left centre. Tui Pilotu would have been left wing. Uh, he got moved over to the right inside Jason Saab, and it did him wonders, and they just fed him all game. And uh, full credit to him, 169. I know a few people looped him as well, or VC'd. Some people even straight seed. That's nuts. So congratulations to those people. Clint Gutherson, 138 as well. I'm lucky enough to own the two top scorers this week, which is where my 1370 came from. Uh, 138 for Gutho with a first half hat trick. I think he had a hat trick within like 25 minutes. Bloody crazy. Um, so Gutho owners would be stoked. I think he's under 20% owned as well. So could have been uh, could have been massive. Tom Turbo, 126. He's got a minus 41 break even for when he plays next. Obviously, Tom Turbo won't be playing this week and. It'll be questionable as to whether he backs up again next week for Manly. We don't know yet, but I probably maybe hazard a guess that he won't back up next week, knowing what his injury history has been like. Uh, 126 for him, so maybe he ends up playing his next game round 18. Uh, but if not, minus 40, very good position to be in. And, and the question now becomes, do we jump back on Turbo? Do we look at Turbo now as a full as a, as a season-long hold and we just cop the buyers and, and the chance of resting and things like that? knowing that we want to cash in on the price that he's at now, probably being the cheapest he will ever be. So very interesting question. Now, uh, the Storm duo of Cam Munster, 124, Harry Grant, 123. The Storm absolutely put them to the sword. Uh, some good scores there and, and against the Sharkies, who were just never in it, were they? So uh, full credit to Munster and Grant. Shawnee Johnson, 119. It looked like he was actually going to be ruled out HIA, but it, Looked like he just had a broken nose or something going on there. So he came back on the field and got that intercept try right at the end. Um, so full credit to him. Lucky, lucky, I guess, in a way, because I was looking at his score because, I mean, SJ and Moses were the toss-up for me as to who I go Cleary to. And I was looking at SJ's score and I'm thinking, okay, he's on 70, 75, whatever. And then he, uh, I can live with that. And then he came back on, got that intercept try, got up to 120, and I'm thinking, fuck me, like, I probably should have gone SJ um, having that certainty, but um, 
That's super coach. Uh, Jerome Hughes, 119 as well, had a really good game. Massive storm game, obviously, with them putting so many points on the Sharks. So no questions there as to why they scored so well. Jerome Hughes, again, uh, is in the top 10 most bought this week. Uh, I assume it's for people that maybe held Cleary a week to see what the Origin teams look like, and they might be going to Jerome Hughes this week. Uh, for everybody who jumped on Moses a bit early, they're kind of stuck with him unless you want to trade him out again, which I wouldn't advise. Uh, Reese Walsh, 116. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Reese Walsh, 116. Battle of the Queensland fullbacks with him and Ponga. Both had good games. Uh, Reese Walsh doing him, I guess, or outdoing him in this one. Uh, every every single time I watch Reese Walsh play, it's it's one of those ones where I just don't, I kind of don't want to watch. It's like when I don't know Nico Hines, I just don't want to watch Sharks games. Now, this is very similar. Don't really want to watch Broncos games if I don't own Reese Walsh. He's hard to watch. So, um, I mean, do you get him back? For the run home, there's so many good fullback options. We're seeing Teddy now starting to score points again. We've got Turbo now back and firing. We've got Jareem Buller, who most people have. Clint Gutherson people have as a pod. Latrell Mitchell isn't fit, but people are looking at him for the run home. But, you know, with the Rabbitohs buyers, it's a bit of a deterrent. There's so much to consider at the fullback position this year. And then you've got Dylan Edwards, who just keeps scoring every week. Um, yeah, you, you, we're blessed for choice. The problem is it's probably a curse. Um, so we'll have to make a decision on who to go with for the run home. Uh, DCE, 113, good from him. Dom Young, 111, got fed on the right wing. Uh, Greg Marju didn't really have much luck. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Lockie Croker, 109 as well. I think from what I read, there might have been less than 1% of people that played him or started him, or maybe there was one person, sorry, in the in the top 1,000 this week that uh, had Lachlan Croker and they started him. So if you've got big enough nuts, hopefully you're watching Insight Fantasy Sports. Drop us a comment if you're the guy that played Lachlan Croker last week because that is genuine uh, elite super coaching. Uh, and Damian Cook and Scott Sorensen, both 100 on the dot. So uh, some big scores there this week. I'm not going to cover all the mid scores, but obviously guys like Ponga and that, they, they scored pretty well. Moses, 89. Ponga, 95, I think it was from memory. Um, so there were some good scores around the grounds and some good pot opportunities there. Most people captain Moses, I think. Uh, I think it was 33% captain Moses, 37% captain Nico Hines. So it was a bit of a battle of Hines versus Moses, really, to determine whether you saw green or red arrows this week. Um, in Salty, you did say something about Croker, but should have jumped on it, mate. feel a little bit like me. Uh, talk about all these players. I've got a couple of other ones today, some banger pods. Uh, I actually called Matrix before, or he called me before this because I was messaging him saying, hey, what do you think about these two pods? And he called me and just abused me and just said I was a dickhead, So, which makes it even better for me because I love going against him. So maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll ride one of these major pods home for victory. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll drop them very soon when we go through teams and you guys can let me know what you're thinking. Um, the flops or the losers, I guess, for round 15 very quickly. Sione Katoa with an eight. Uh, tough for him. Eli Katoa, 12. I know a lot of people got him this week, so he'd be pretty disappointed knowing that he HIA and he's also out for this week. A lot of people would have picked him up for the round 15 to 18 kind of or 14 to 18 run where they don't have a buy. So disappointing for Eli Katoa owners. I still think he's a hold. Um, we should probably see him next week, and it's not like he's – I mean, his break-even is not going to be great. It's going to be in the hundreds now, but – I mean, you got him for one reason, and, and to be honest, Eli Katoa could be your fourth or fifth 2RF option. 
So I don't hate holding him, especially for, for people that are quite short this week. I think it probably could be one of those future problems that you, you worry about next week or the week after. Uh, Matty Dory with a 13. I might be the only person left that owns Matty Dory. Uh, good good of him to not get anywhere or to just cover his break-even. Thanks, thanks Matty Dory. Uh, we're probably going to see some big break-even from him and some big cash loss over the next few weeks as well off the bench. But anyway, that's all right. It is what it is. Um, Sonny Luke, 19, does nothing again. Like for, uh, We'll talk about, a, I guess, a bailout strategy for Sonny Luke uh, a little bit later where we're talking about hookers and, and a specific hooker that I'm going to talk about that I think will be a very good option uh, as a bailout. But again, Sonny Luke is so cheap now. He's 220K. Do you really need one now? He could end up like, yes, he's a bit of an AE nightmare, but oh, he's so cheap. He's just so cheap. Like there's only one really one guy you could you could go to to continue to make cash. Um, Khan Pereira, 21. Basami Solo, 21. Royce Hunt, 27, unfortunately injured his ankle and is in for surgery. So that Christian Welch hip drop, he'll be out for six plus weeks from what I've seen. Uh, Alex Johnson, also only a 28. I didn't play him, luckily. I sat him this week for that matchup, knowing that Cody Walker was out on the left side. So uh, that kind of worked out well. Max King, 31 as well. I'm not quite sure what's going on with Max King. I know that obviously he's been injured. I'm just a little bit unsure why they're starting him off the bench. We see, and, and we'll talk about it soon, but Patolo is now starting at prop and, and Max King off the bench, which is really strange. So trying to work that one out. Uh, they seem to be pretty high on Patolo, so he could be an option this week. Nice cheap front row forward. Um, I don't exactly just, I don't feel great about it also having Harrison Edwards at front row forward as well. I don't really want that duo on my bench. Um, Josh Schuster, 37. I mean, I shouldn't really complain about a 37 from the guy at his price, but fuck me. Like he just did nothing again. Like all the attack went to the right-hand side, fair enough, but... He just needs to get himself a bit more involved, doesn't he, Schuster? He just doesn't go looking for the ball. Just kind of sits on his left and doesn't really do much, um, which is which is really disappointing. And he's got a 60 break even this week, so people might consider selling this week. He's made you 200 and whatever it is, 220K, 230K. Um, don't hate it if it gets you someone as a, as a keeper. Uh, and Nico Hines, the big talking point, 43, unfortunately, for Nico Hines. Uh, again, like I said, lots of people captained him. Don't feel bad about it. I don't think, I mean, and, and think about it, everybody that captained Nathan Cleary the week before, you ended up getting more points out of Nico as your captain than Cleary captain has got the week before. So could have been worse, could have been much worse. Um, but obviously Nico now being available for round 16, the big talking point is, do we get him in? So we'll talk about that as well. Let's quickly tackle some questions before they get out of hand. Thank you for throwing them all in, guys. Mr. Callio's kicking us off. Thoughts on Ryan Madison in the number six jersey? Um, look, I mean, I, I don't mind it. I know, obviously, it's not his natural position, but he's played there a little bit uh, for the Roosters before he came over to the Eels. I think he's had a couple of stints for the Eels there too. I don't actually hate Ryan Madison in the number six. There's going to be some attacking upside there. He's not a bad ball player. They play him at lock a fair bit. Um I mean, he's probably still going to get the amount of work done. He's just not going to take the runs that he normally would take. So maybe the base will be down in runs, but you probably should still make a fair amount of tackles considering Dylan Brown on the left edge for Parramatta always makes 25 to 30 tackles a game. So the tackles probably will still be there for him. It's more a matter of how many runs he's going to have and is that going to be outweighed by the amount of attacking upside that he might get in terms of playmaking. So I'd probably want to see a little bit just because he's coming back from a calf injury and those are really niggly injuries. They're the ones that hang around for a bit and they reoccur a fair bit. So 
I'd probably want to watch a little bit more, but again, it's Ryan Madison. The guy's a gun. Uh, Hines now or in round 18? Mate, I'll, I'll answer this one now for everybody. It's probably a question that's popped up in the comments a ton. I will do everything I possibly can this week to get him back in. And I, I'm really personally hoping that people are deterred by what happened on the weekend and how he got shut out against the Storm. We need to remember that the Storm are coming off one of the worst performances in Melbourne history. Uh, so the big focus for them all week would have been defense and they would have been talking about exactly how to shut Nico Hines down. They've play, he's played at Melbourne before. They know his weaknesses. They know his strengths. So they would have been all over him. Uh, and ex that's exactly what they were. And and what we've seen is Nico Hines' floor at about 40, and we've seen it twice this year. And the, the weekend was a good example. But I will still get him back in. Round 16 this week, he plays the Bulldogs. Then he has a bye. Then he plays the Dragons. Like, uh, I'm I'm getting him in this week. I just need to find 200K to do it. So I'll talk about maybe my thought process around that a little bit later on when we talk trades. And last question from Mr. Callio. How desperate should we be to field 13? Well, with uh, obviously being the second major buy around 16, the uh, top score or top 13 scorers in your team will be counted and anybody else, the lower scorers underneath that won't be. So, I mean, I think you want to still try and field 13. It just depends how, how tough you're doing it and how many trades you have left. I would say if you have less 14 or less trades, I'd probably be pretty careful about how I approach the next month because if you end up coming out of the buyers around 21 with six or seven rounds left to play and you've got five or less trades, you're in a big bunch of trouble. So I would probably be quite careful. Uh, I'd say a lot of people have been hit pretty hard with all the outs that we'll go through very soon. So I think uh, 13 will be great and it, it gives you a free loop opportunity then for your VC. So Pick someone really high high upside VC, free loop. Don't have to worry about an AE or anything like that. Um, so there is upside to fielding just on 13 if you're sitting around that 11 or 12 mark. Um, I probably wouldn't get any more than 13 if you're sitting below that at the moment. So hopefully that answers your question, Mr. Callio. Um, Mark Lawless, how many trades should you have left after this week? That's a good question, man. Um, I've got 18 before trades this week. I'm planning on making two so I can get Nico Hines in. So that'll leave me with 16. Uh, which will mean I'll have six. Uh, my, my plan was always to have six trades left for the run. Uh, sorry, 10 trades left for the run home, which means that I've got six trades left after this week for round 16, or, sorry, round 17, 18, 19, and 20. That's kind of the way I'm approaching it. So I can use six trades in the next four weeks after that, and I'll have 10 for the run home for injuries or to kind of start to put my um, ideal team together. Ideally, I want maybe four trades left for injuries or managing the buy. We know that the Rabbitohs have the buy in round 26, which is head-to-head -head finals. So definitely want to have a trade or two up your sleeve if you're a guy that has Latrell, if you have Cook, if you have Cody Walker. Uh, you might come unstuck in round 26 in the most important game of the year if you have a ton of Rabbitohs players. So definitely worth having some trades for the run home. Um, what else have we got? Quickly work through these comments, guys. Yeah, Marju gone for the weekend flash. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that one. Seemed like he missed the team bus, which is comical in one of the most important super coach weeks of the year. Uh, it's funny how the Knights put down their foot about uh, team standards, about missing the bus, but they're more than happy for a couple of their players to be playing Mr. Sniff in the cubicles uh, during the season. But anyway, we'll uh, let that one through to the keeper, won't we? Uh, 
Eels and Dogs players miss out on updates. Yeah, I, I'm actually not quite sure. I did notice that their scores didn't change too much, Brad. Uh, it's a little bit of a weird one that uh, their scores didn't update. But, um, I mean, it was one of those. Uh, I, I think I noticed that Mitchell Moses maybe went down a little bit. A lot of people woke up to scores less than what they went to sleep with, and that's quite rare. So, um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see whether they quickly sk- skipped over the skipped over the um, updates for that game. Um, Hughes is a good buy. Yeah, don't mind Hughes. Uh, a scary buy. Sorry, Mr. Calio. Um, yeah, definitely a scary buy. It seems like more than a 1,000 people have already brought him in, and I'd say that's the option. People are probably chasing last week's points on that one, but Jerome Hughes averages over 100 against the West Tigers. Keep that in mind. And they've got the Tigers at Campbelltown, and the Campbelltown, the Tigers at Campbelltown have not won a game there in a good three, four seasons minimum. So I might even try and go to that game this week. We'll see how we go. If I want to be disappointed. Um, all right. So best thing about the Tiger shirt is the optical illusion light. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, yeah, not the logo or anything though. Definitely just the optical illusion light in the middle. Uh, how long is Marju out for? Not sure, Professor Cactus. I think they've um, they've gone and obviously dropped him for disciplinary reasons. So no one knows, aside from the coach, how long he's going to be out for. It could be a week. It could be a month. He might not make his way back in the team. It'd be ludicrous if he didn't. But Adam O'Brien isn't exactly the most uh, logical coach in the NRL. So Anari Tawala also is a, is a decent player that's replaced him. He's no Greg Marju, of course, but... There is a chance that he only misses this week. There is a chance he only misses. And Sean's already said that. So, yeah, there is a chance he misses this week. Um, and Salty missed the bus on Greg Marju. It looks like Greg Marju missed the bus on himself, which is um, disappointing for owners. Not quite sure whether I'm going to trade him or not yet. Might trade for feeder. I've held him. So maybe that frees up some cash for me. We will see. Uh, Christian Welch is also out suspended. Yes. So um, a lot of this stuff I'll cover, but Christian Welch out for one week with that hip drop on Royce Hunt. So he'll miss this week, which is a shame because it's kind of why we all held him. But anyway, is what it is. Munster and Ponga or Munster or Ponga for the run home. I'm a bit biased. I've got Ponga. Um, I'm probably going to want maybe my, for the run home, I've, depending on whether Dylan Brown's around, I might want Cody Walker and um, Cody Walker and Munster for the run home. That might be my 5-8 combo that I'll be aiming for. Probably will be, to be honest. Sniffing. Um, cool. All right, let's rip in. So New South Wales and Queensland. So there's a fair bit of uh, controversy, a uh, fair bit to talk about here with the New South Wales changes and a little bit of emotion from me, I guess, in a way, because I, I don't really like too many of the changes. And don't get me wrong, I feel like this team looks better than it did uh, in, in game one. But I still don't think we made the right moves. Uh, Queensland obviously have made their changes and they they kind of make sense. So New South Wales changes. Latrell obviously comes in for Stephen Crichton, but Stephen Crichton's been named 18th man. So I'm not – there's three guys in uh, Latrell, Cam Murray, and um, I can't remember the last one. There's the, uh, Liam Martin, who are all in doubt at the moment uh, and can't – so, uh, I mean, Liam Martin can't train until the captain's run, which is nuts. So you're picking a bloke off a HIA, so he's got to go through the 11-day protocol. But the 11th day or the 11th sleep is origin day. So he's fine. He can play regardless of 11 days or not. The 11 days is up on the day of origin. So he can play that game. Um, but I am a bit concerned he's not going to get any contact training in until then, until captain's run, which is a, a little bit of a little bit of a shame. And then obviously Latrell is is touch and goes. hasn't been playing for the Souths. So 
Uh, that calf injury seems to be still around. And I think that's probably why maybe Stephen Crichton's been named as 18th man, so they can just shove him straight in. Um, so Latrell in for Crichton. Mitchell Moses comes in for Cleary. Lots of questions around whether Moses is a sell. I don't think he is. Now, there's there's kind of, uh, I guess, two ways you can look at this. Now, Mitchell Moses will only play two of the next five, and both of those games will be backing up. So he'll be playing round 17 and round 20. He'll miss round 18 with the Parramatta bye. He'll miss round 19 as, as game three of origin. Uh, so both of those games backing up, we don't know whether he gets a rest or not. just depends how intense this origin game is. So uh, very kind of, I mean, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm a reluctant holder. Maybe I'll play him round 17 as a number, and then I'll look into round 18 and have a look at, okay, he plays one of the next three. Maybe it's time to get rid of Moses um, and, and bring in someone for the run home, depending on how clear he's looking. Um, Cleary probably back round 21 at this stage, it looks like. So maybe you hold Moses until round 21. I'm not quite sure, but that might be the play. A um, couple of questions here. Burton not named on the bench. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that one at all. I think Burton definitely deserves to be that utility on the bench. He plays multiple positions in the back line, so it's a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, Damo, no. So he doesn't even need clearance. Um, I, it's been confirmed that he suffered a Category 1 concussion. So that's, that's been confirmed by the, the doctor. Um, so basically, yes, they will try and get him clearance. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does, it'll be an absolute joke. Let's let's be honest. The concussion 11-day stand-down system that they've created is an absolute farce and, and has basically fallen apart in front of us all. So um, wouldn't surprise me if he does, but he get a clearance. Who knows? Um, I feel a bit stiff for, in, in, in that way too, uh, for Nico Hines. What's the bloke got to do? Like, you give him eight minutes in centre, which is a position that he very, very rarely plays. He played it a little bit back for the Storm. Um, and, like, you give him eight minutes in a position that he hasn't played in three years, and then you drop him. Uh, I mean, let me ask you this. If Cleary was ruled out before they named game one of Origin, you would have seen Nico Hines in the number seven jersey for game one. Who knows what then happens? Who knows? But... I can guarantee you now Nico Hines would have been the halfback in game one. And then for some bloody odd reason, Cleary is out and it triggers bloody five-person shuffle. Um, makes no sense. Don't like it. Hate it, actually. Hate it. I think Nico Hines has been done. He's been dudded. But it means good for Supercoach. Everyone gets him back. So good for owners. Maybe not so good for me, who is non-owner. Um Cooking for Coruscant, obviously Coruscant broken jaw. He's going to be out for at least six weeks, probably closer to eight to ten. Uh, Stefano Utuikamanu is in for TPJ to be the Pangai Junior. This one I don't understand at all. This one is bizarre. I, I'm I'm truly believing that Regan Campbell Gillard has also been hard done by here. What's he got to do? Regan Campbell Gillard is ten times the prop that Stefano is. I don't understand that. There seems to be some kind of riff with uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard and the Penrith players after he left there and went to Parramatta. There seems to be something really going on there. Uh, I agree with you, J-Dog, as well. As a New South Welshman, I think we're just off the pace this year. Um, but, yeah, Stefano in for TPJ. I don't like it, but that's what it is. And uh, Reese Robson comes in for Nico Hines on the bench. So they're going to be using, going back to the two-hooker um, system that Brad Fittler openly said after last year, does not work for New South Wales and doesn't suit their game plan. They've just decided, oh, we'll just copy Queensland and go back to the two-hooker system again. Really shits me. You can tell that I'm kind of fired up about this now. But um, not a fan. Not a fan of the movement. Good on Damian Cook, though, for coming back in. I think he's definitely uh, a great replacement for Happy Corusau. And, and Reese Robson definitely deserves his opportunity. I just think the Stefano move is a bit of a bizarre one. 
But uh, those are the five changes for New South Wales. Now, Queensland changes. Xavier Coates comes in for Selwyn Cobbo, who's out with that hip pointer issue that he aggravated after the weekend. Um, I did take him for two tries at $5.50 as well on the weekend. Good little punt from me. Jeremiah Nanai has come in after he's, he's come back from bloody God knows how long, out five weeks suspended or whatever it was. Uh, he's come straight back in to replace Tom Gilbert, who's also out for the season with shoulder surgery. And then we've got Mo Fodawaker. Well-deserved, I think, Mofo is a seriously good player. So Mofo in for Jai Arrow, who's going to be out for six to eight weeks with that syndesmosis injury he suffered on the last week. Um, so those are the only changes for Queensland. Those are the changes for Origin, for origin in general. Um, the big talking points around the ins and outs of Supercoach now, I guess, move to Mitchell Moses. Do we sell him? I've already talked about that. I think we hold him maybe for this week and then reassess what happens when he backs up next week. Uh, Cook, Appy, so Cook in for Coruscant. A lot of people bought Damien Cook two weeks ago, which is a bit stiff. I am one of them. Um, so I've I brought in Moses and Cook over the last fortnight. So how's that worked out for me? Uh, I am still holding Damien Cook. I think I'll reassess round 20 and probably try and go Cook to Harry Grant for the run home. That's probably my plan, but I'll hold him for now. Yes, he'll miss 19, but he's going to miss round 16 this week anyway with the bye. So I'm not overly concerned with that. Let's just hope he backs up. Um, Stefano, I, I mean, people were probably holding him as their third front row forward, which is a bit of a kick in the dick for, for owners or holders. Um, but he's at a price now where you can probably make 200K from him. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so you could probably go down to somebody like a, a Chris Patolo or something from the Bulldogs, really, if you wanted to try and create some cash there. Um, Stefano pretty much becomes useless now that he's playing Origin and probably will play Origin 3 now if they're going to blood some blokes um, when we inevitably lose. Uh, and Robson, obviously. So people that have the Robson-Cook combo, I know that Matty has the Robson and Cook combo, which is tough for him. Um, so he's probably got to look to either move one of those guys or just cop the fact that he's got both and, and find 13 in other positions. So that's probably the way that it approaches. I mean, Xavier Coates, Nanai, Fodawaker, not many people have them. So not many uh, negatives there for the Queensland New South, or for the Queensland roster, I should say. All right. Um, some questions here before we move into the teams. Uh, Sean, Marnie played less minutes because I think they gave him a rest when they were being bent over at the back end of the game. Uh, so there was no kind of injury or issue or anything like that. I think they just gave him a break, did a bit of shuffling. I think that Rajab came on and played fullback and that provided a little bit of movement. And some I can't remember who went into hooker. I think it was um, – actually, I'm not quite sure. Um, but somebody went into hooker and Marnie came off. So uh, no issues with Marnie. I think he should he should be fine. Uh, if you have Moses, <coughs> excuse me. If you have Moses and want Hines, you have to trade Cleary or have no halfback next week. Yep, <clears throat> good call, very good call. Um, so the problem is obviously with Moses, he might back up. So if you have Hines and Moses, uh, you're relying on Moses to back up. Otherwise, you might cop an AE, and that's probably the risk that I'll take next week. That's okay. I think Moses will back up, um, but again, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens because uh, Moses doesn't have the buy until round eighteen. So lucky that's staggered a little bit. Um, yeah. Madison is in 80-minute half. Yeah, I think so. I don't see why he wouldn't play 80 minutes, less workload for him. He's an 80-minute middle, really. So I don't see him having a problem with playing 80 minutes at the halves. Uh, Dejan Arce, I think, is at halfback. So um, he probably will do most of the heavy lifting, I'd say, and Madison will just chip in and have a hard run here and there and maybe create an offload or two. Uh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I don't think... 
uh, so Salty saying, I think Moses will do a good job uh, and has he's everything Nico is with a better kicking game. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, I just think that form-wise, Nico's been dudded and, and been hard done by. I definitely don't think Moses doesn't deserve it, though. So, um, yeah, probably he, he is a great option. If it wasn't Nico, it had to be him. All right. Um, for anybody who hasn't actually joined the Discord yet, Discord server, I'm going to drop it in the comments right now. So feel free to click on it and um, join join the Discord. It's not something we'll be basically offering the public forever. And uh, But obviously, as we build it up, we're, we're loving the chat in the Discord at the moment. We've got multiple sport access in there from AFL to NRL Supercoach, BBL at the end of the year, NFL fantasy, NBA fantasy starting up very soon as well. We've got the draft coming up. And also, if you love a punt, we've got a punter's thread there too. So jump into the Discord if you haven't yet. Come chat some Supercoach with us. And, um, yeah, it's a good time. We've got a really good community in there of good blokes as well that and and good women that uh, love their Supercoach, love their fantasy sport, and, and love chatting sport in general. So jump on in and uh, join in on the fun. All right, let's tackle these teams, shall we? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sorry, I've got a cough that I'm going to have to keep muting myself for, so don't mind me. Uh, Cowboys versus the Panthers is the first game that we have at QCB. Um, obviously, lots of outs in this one. Cotter, Holmes, Tuolungi, Nanai, and Robson all out on origin duties, which means the Cowboys are skint. They are very, very uh, shallow, I guess, now. We're, we're looking at depth-wise. Uh, but the good thing is Jason Taumalolo's back. Now, uh, Jake Granville moves into the starting nine jersey. Kyle Felt also comes back in on the wing. So uh, I don't – I mean, not that I think that this strengthens them that much in any way, but uh, – it's it could be much worse, uh, and then obviously on the Penrith side, they're losing Jerome Luai, they lose Stephen Crichton, they lose Mart Liam Martin as well, and Toto and Yo, uh, all on Origin duty. So in this game, the first game of the week, it could be an absolute shamozzle to watch. Um, Ten blokes out for Origin, which provides some good opportunities for guys like Jamin Salmon, who comes into the halves to partner Jack Cogger. Goodness me, um. Yeah, we've been treated here, haven't we? Salmon and uh, Jack Cogger. Peachy at centre. Uh, now, Tom Jenkins comes in on the wing for his first game of the year, and this is a guy I'm really excited about. Um, if you're looking for, and we're at that part of the season now, if you're looking for a guy that comes in and plays the major buys or will play this week and then will drop out of the team, he's your guy. 
Tom Jenkins is your guy that could actually do okay this week. Um, so when we're talking about what we call nuffs, it's basically a player that comes in to replace an origin player and then disappears and isn't ever seen again, and they just sit on your benches and non-playing reserve. They don't score any points. They don't play any games. They don't make any cash. But at the end of the day, they're not an AE nightmare, which keeps your VC loophole in play. So keeping that in mind, I think Jenkins could be a really good option if you want to downgrade and find some cash in the center wing uh, from a guy like Marju or, or whatever. If you decide to sell him, if you still got Joe Croker, if you still got Billy Smith, you don't want him. Um, there are some options there, and I think Jenkins could be one of the best of them when we're looking at nuffs. I think we just need to be very wary of the fact they've still got weekly buys coming up, and next week is a really hard round with the Bulldogs, Tigers, and the Sharks all on the buy. So keep that in mind when you're nothing. I don't know whether I want to just yet, um, but Jenkins will be the guy if that's the case. Uh, Eisen, Matty Eisenhuth, I think it is, comes in. Yeah, Matty Eisenhuth plays lock this week, and Luke Garner comes back on the bench. Uh, Hosking returns. Back into the team. I think he was just rested last week. So Hosking back in, that's fantastic. Uh, for anybody who held, I sold him last week for Isaiah Papali, so not super upset with that. And I think Hosking could pr- probably potentially leak some cash, and obviously he doesn't have Cleary there to feed him good ball anymore, so I'm not a big fan of it. But you probably hold him this week considering you need the numbers. I wouldn't be looking at moving him if you have him. Um, my pods, Mr. Callio, are coming very soon, I promise you. I promise you they're, they're not far off. Uh, Hugh, I uh, spoke about this a little bit at the start, mate. It, it's a bit of a 50-50 call on whether we trade Mitchell Moses or not. I think, depending on whether you've got the cover this week, you definitely hold uh, if you've got the numbers. And, uh, I mean, he's going to play round 17 as a backup, hopefully, and then he potentially plays round 20, but then he'll miss 18 and 19. So a bit of a bummer, and he only plays two games out of the next five. So I can understand why people are selling, um, but in saying that, I'm not uh, I'm not going to sell him this week. I'm going to then play him next week and reassess. And if I have to move him next week or the week after, I'll do it then. Uh, Salty Hosking has a Bruce Sternum. Okay. Did not know that. Um, also, I think Billy Smith has a Bruce Sternum from what I saw this uh, this week. So must be something about Sternums, eh? Let's move on to the next game. Knights Roosters. One pod is coming your way in this one. Uh, so the big out is Marju. Miss the bus, miss the team bus. Um, I mean, why why are we picking this week now of all weeks to sit a bloke out for disciplinary issues when you're be- when he's been your best outside back all year? He, by a country mile, this guy has just done all the work out of his own half. He's finished when he's needed to finish. Yes, his defensive reads aren't amazing, but I mean, is Adam O'Brien now trying to prove a point that he's this kind of ballsy, hard-ass coach? that is trying to set a standard. Like, come on, man. The standard was long gone when you let Kale and Ponga get on it in the in the cubicles when he was supposed to be in rehab. There is no standard at Newcastle. So uh, not a fan of that. But anyway, we've got to deal with that now. So the question now becomes, do we sell him or do we hold? Um, nobody. The problem is no one knows how long he's going to be out for, but I'd probably guess maybe it's only going to be one week. So the argument could be you hold him this week, assess next, and then, look, if they don't name him again next week, maybe then you move him. Um, the good thing is he's not going to lose cash for you this week. Frizzell's also out on origin duties. Uh, Fitzgibbon and, Nar- and Ari Tuala come in for the Knights. Uh, Tedesco is obviously out. Manu to fullback is the biggest talking point here, I think. And the reason why we basically bought and held Manu was for the round 16 by period when we knew he was going to play fullback. And that's when he takes his super coach game to new heights. 
I think from what I read from the stats, uh, Joey Manu normally touches the game of uh, the ball at center about 18 times a game. And at fullback, he touches it 37 po- times a game. He gets 37 receipts a game, which is double. If you do the math, double the amount of times he touches it at fullback in comparison to when he's at center. Uh, I know he's been playing five, eight, but I, I don't really like him there. So um, that's why we held him. Now, Sandon Smith is at half. Nat Butcher moves to prop. Satili Tupanua and Angus Crichton are two guys I'm watching, <coughs> excuse me, very closely. Now, the reason for that, Satili Tupanua used to be a 600, 650K guy last year. Everyone was talking about this guy and Keon Kalamatangi as the two guys that they were watching and wanting in their teams. And obviously, the Roosters were playing much better football back then. They're playing terrible football now. Um, but Satili Tupanua is only 400K right now. And I mean, his break-even isn't amazing, but he's dropped 160K, I think it is, up to now. And I really think that he's going to be a close watch over the next fortnight. So keep an eye on him. Um, he is getting the starting edge roll this week, so that maybe it's the week to take a punt. He is not my pod. I don't, I'm not going with Satili Tupanua this week, but don't. I can't argue with you. Uh, Angus Crichton also has bottomed out into the 400Ks. So, I mean, if he eventually works his way back into this starting lineup and starting edge roll that he had last year, I'm jumping straight on him. Straight on Angus Crichton. Don't care. Um, as soon as he gets the nod to start again, he's in my team because we know that Angus Crichton's quality. And when he gets the opportunity, as he's shown this year, he can find the line. Um, so he's that kind of guy. Uh, and uh, White goes to lock. Billy Smith has also been named, which is great for people that are short on numbers. I think a lot of us are short on numbers this week. So, uh, yeah, Billy Smith being named is great. Um, it seemed like it was a little bit of a minor issue last week anyway. So hopefully we'll see uh, see him by game time. Um, now, two pods, I guess, actually in this one. And Mark's got the first one. Dane Gagai is only is only owned by 60 people in the top 5% of teams. 60 teams have him. That's it. It's like 0.1% or something uh, in the top 5% of teams. So Gagai's averaged, I think it's close to 70 this year. Like the, the fact that we haven't been talking about him up until now is probably because uh, it's probably because everyone thought he was going to play Origin, but he's not. And it's clear that they're going in a bit of a different direction. They could have picked him this week instead of Coates or something like that, but they didn't. He's at 625K now. He's got a 70 average for the season. Uh, his price has come back down, but he's still he's only averaging 67 over the last five rounds. So not, not amazing, but I mean, he's coming off an 86 last week against a good Broncos team. Uh, he's got a couple of 70s, an 80, 100, a 60, a 70. He's honestly been the guy, probably the most underrated center wing in Supercoach this year, Dan Gagai. No one's looking at him because he's at the Knights, but he just produces every week. The base is great. So I really like Dan Gagai as a play. And this one is a little bit spicier, and this guy is only owned. I'm going to pull it up right now. I'm going to try and get these stats spot on just in case people have jumped on before I did this. Daniel Tupo in the top 5% is only owned by seven teams, seven. Now, this is an ex-New South Wales winger. This is a guy that works his ass off out of his own end, so he gets decent base. The base is at around 30 points a game, I think I saw on Supercoach stats. Um, He's bottomed out. I mean, maybe he hasn't bottomed out, but he's getting pretty bloody close at 432K. He's down 173K on his season, and... I truly believe that if the Roosters click, which we know that, I mean, maybe they don't. That's the risk. The risk that you're taking with Daniel Tupo and probably the risk as to why people haven't jumped on him is because the Roosters look terrible. Now, 
I'm not going to go and sell you on the fact that Daniel Tupo will solve all your problems. But at that price, for a guy that is normally or could be a 650K wing uh, on a good, supposed good team, uh, Daniel, you could do a lot worse with Daniel Tupo. And, and I guess the argument then is around that price range, uh, are people going to go to Jacob Carras? And look, if I'm completely honest with you, I would go Jacob Carras over Daniel Tupo. The only reason I'm not doing it this week and probably won't do it in future is because I have way too many Bulldogs, Tigers, and Sharks for next week's buy, and I'll be in a ton of trouble if I pick up Karaz. So I'm looking for somebody who will play this week, but then uh, won't be a problem for me next next week when I've got nearly bloody seven, I think six or seven players, and I'm planning on bringing Nico in. So I've got, I think I'll have six or seven. I'll have seven on the buy next week, which will leave me with 18 active players. Then I'm relying on guys like Fafita to play. It's a mess. Um, so yeah, there could be a lot go wrong for me next week. Uh, if I don't kind of conservatively look for someone that's going to be playing next week. So Daniel Tupo, first pod, don't mind it. Average is 67 versus the Knights, who he's playing this week too. Keep that in mind. And I know that obviously Teddy's missing and, and all that kind of stuff, which which kind of hurts him. Um, but they've moved uh, Luke Keary now to five, uh, I think it's to half or five, eight. I know he's swapped. So I think they've moved Kiri to 5'8", and then they've got Sand or Smith, I think it is. Sand and Smith in at halfback, which is a really interesting one. So um, does that mean that Kiri now on the left-hand side is going to be feeding Daniel Tupo in the air? Who's he matching up against? Uh, Dom Young, who is not a good defensive winger. So it will be very interesting watch, uh, a very, very close watch. But he's going to obviously be on Gagai's side. So maybe not overly enticing, but... Uh, I mean, when you're looking at a guy who used to be 600K and he's 430 with the quality that Daniel Tupo is, I actually really like it. So that's my first pod play. Eels versus the Knights is the next one. Uh, Ryan Madison obviously in for Moses. Uh, Dejan Arcee to half. Mo, uh, Madison to 5'8". Offahigdi Ogden uh, comes in for Junior Bolo, who's going to be on origin duty. And Joe Offahengawi comes back in onto the bench. Brendan Hands remains the nine. Uh, Josh Hodgson is out injured and remains injured. Um, going to be an interesting one with Brad Arthur coaching against his son for the first time. So Jacob Arthur replaces DCE and, and Kalen, KO Weeks uh, replaces Turbo. Really hoping for Garrick to do that, but now I've kind of been eased by him moving to right centre, so I don't hate that. Um, Finu starts and Bullymore is on the bench, but I, we need to watch this game very, very closely because there could be a late swap and Bullymore could come on and start on the edge like he has in a large number of times in the last year, a year and a half. Uh, and we might see Finu, who everybody has been jumping on as a bit of a cash cow in front row forward. Um, we might see him move back to the bench. So, And and with the fact that we've got Gerbo, Burbo and Tuolungi all due back as early as next week, potentially, uh, the Finu boat has sailed. It's well and truly sailed. So um, I'd steer clear of him now. Um, Garrick at right centre, we've already talked about. And, and Homoli Olakawatu is another one I'll be looking at very closely. Now, Maddie and I were talking earlier about the fact that if we're looking for a downgrade option for David Fafida, Homoli Olakawatu at his price, potentially bottomed out, could be the buy. Now, I, I really don't like any of the other... Like, I mean, I could go Nikara, but again, that doesn't solve my round 17 problem. I do prefer Nikara as a buy over Olakawatu. If you don't have to worry about buys next week, that's a, probably the move for you. Um, but then Olakawatu at his price, 532K, he's down 150K. He's only 5% owned total. Um, let me tell you what he is. Oh, no, he's 5% owned in the top 5% of teams. 380 teams own him. Uh, 
and he comes up against the Eels this week. Don't mind that matchup. Um, the only downside for Olakawatu this week is the fact that he doesn't have DCE feeding him good ball. That's the only downside, and obviously Turbo there and all that kind of stuff. But when these guys are uh, fit uh, and full strength, manly, um, Olakawatu could absolutely wreak havoc over the run home uh, when when they're fit and when he's got Turbo and he's got DCE and he's got Schuster and uh, I mean he's got Saab as well uh, on that side. So there's a lot of attention going to the right hand side with Garrick, Saab, and DCE. Olakawatu could be the one to fly under the radar and get himself a few line breaks and get those attacking stats that we saw from him last year. Everyone was calling this guy a must-have two RF last year. I don't know really what's changed. Um, aside from the fact he hasn't really found those attacking stats, but they're not far away. So good team, good half inside him. Olakawatu could be the guy at 530K to to be as a keeper to take through the run home as your fourth or your fifth two RF. So, <coughs> excuse me. All right, ready for pod two? My point of difference play, pod two, I don't like it as much as Daniel Tupo, but in a very similar mold as Daniel Tupo is Jason Saab. Jason Saab's 458K. He's got a 28 break even. He's coming off an 80 last week. Now, I don't love it as much because the base isn't there. Now, I mean, he's obviously a lot more reliant on attacking stats. When we look at his games this year, he's had one, two, three, four scores under 30, and then he's scored over 74 times. Sorry, over 64 times. So you're either going to get that 60 to 80 score or you're going to get that sub 30. And that's probably very similar in the vein of maybe Xavier Coates. So at 310K, maybe Xavier Coates is the play over Jason Saab. The only issue is now that Coates has come into the origin frame, we don't get him for that major buy round, which is probably the reason why a lot of people would have grabbed Coates. So around 458, if you're going to sell Marju and you want to free up 200K, Saab, Daniel Tupo, they're, they're both good options. Uh, Jacob Carraz obviously is a good option as well if you don't have round 17 buy problems next week. Um, but hey, I mean, we've seen Jason Saab at nearly 600K a couple of years ago before he did his ACL. So plenty of attacking upside, good in the air, scores well on a very strong right side attack for Manly. So you could do a lot worse and it's very spicy. I think only 20 people own him in the top 5% from what I was looking at. Very Oh, 17. There we go. Only 17 people own him in the top 5% of teams. So rip into those two. Uh, I know they are very – yeah, this is spicy meatball, Salty, and uh, uh, that's the whole idea, isn't it? You've got to go uh, – you've got to zig one other zag, I guess. And, uh, yeah, and, and the reason I've said it is exactly what you've just said. Saab with Garrick on the inside. Uh, Garrick's going to get a lot of attention. Olakawatu's going to get a lot of attention. DCE's going to get a lot of attention. That right side could be the best right edge attack in the competition with Saab outside. So plenty of opportunity there. All right, let's move on to Tigers and Storm at Campbelltown Stadium. Stafford Toa comes in uh, and replaces Luke Brooks. Uh, how about Luke Brooks as well, by the way? Just, you know, we take the $1.3 million a year for the last five years and do fucking nothing for us and then basically tell us you're not coming back when we go to offer you a contract extension. No worries, mate. No probs. Um, good opportunity for us to find somebody who actually wants to play, so that's fine. Um, Stafford Toa actually is a seriously good talent, and he's only 23 years old, so I like the Stafford Toa at 5'8 play. Brett Naden comes in at centre about time. Tommy Talao benched, should be hooked back to New South Wales Cup. Uh, and the one guy that could be your problem solve for all the Sonny Luke owners out there could be my boy, Jake Simpkin. Now, 
Jake Simpkin comes in at nine for Api Corusau, and I know that the first thing people are going to say is that De Silva is on the bench. He makes his debut this week. I completely understand that, but there is no way in the world that De Silva is playing more than 25 minutes a game. Um, this guy is a small frame. We've seen him in the cup, and he, and he looks amazing, but he's still a really young guy. I think he's only 18 years old. Uh, immense talent, small frame, small guy, going to be asking him to make a lot of tackles, and I can guarantee you right now that uh, opposition attack are going to absolutely single him out all game. So Sinkman is 235K, coming off a good score last week, 76 he got. He's got a minus 22 break even, and he is basically only $10,000 more expensive than Sonny Luke. And if you're done with Sonny Luke and you're finished with him, I bailed a couple of weeks ago, but if you're over it, I really like Jake Simkin. Could get you to 400K and give you an option then to go up somewhere else. Or if you've got the cash, maybe just go up to Reed Marnie. He's about to bottom out. I think he's 430K, which is insane. Um, and it, yeah, you're right, Mark. Everybody might be talking up to Silver in a few weeks, depending on how he goes. I just don't know whether the minutes are going to be there for him initially as they ease him into first grade. They're not going to throw him in. Uh, you know, they're not going to throw him in the, the pressure cooker straight away. Jake Simpkin will take the majority of those minutes to get started, I think. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and Fenua Bole comes in for Stefano, who's in origin. Still doesn't feel right for me saying that. Uh, that is in origin, but anyway, that's fine. Uh, Bole gets a start. Munster, Grant, and Coates are all on origin duty for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, Christian Welch has a one-game ban for his hip drop on Royce Hunt. And also, Eli Katoa is out this week with that eye laceration or that eye injury that he suffered last week. So they're missing some big troops, the Melbourne Storm. Could this be the week? Uh, Tigers do it every year where they knock off a real uh, competitive team in a major buy round. Could this be it? Maybe I need to go to this Campbelltown game this week and make sure that... Uh, Make sure that we get up. Maybe I'll do it. Uh, Remus Smith goes to centre. Tarek Sims comes in on an edge for Katoa. George Jennings comes in on the wing. I would say he's another really good option as a as enough, but he's a little bit too expensive for me. He's about 398k, so I'm not exactly a fan of uh, George Jennings's price. But yeah, big opportunity, and we know that he's a relatively good player too. So. Um, just not a buy. Too expensive. Uh, Jonah Pezzett comes back in at 5'8 to replace Munster. And then we've got Bronson Garlic at hooker to replace Harry Grant. Uh, and they've got Tyron Wishart on the bench as well as a backup hooker. So Garlic won't get all the minutes. But, I mean, I know there's a couple of people on here that held Garlic. So uh, maybe he gets you some points this week and, and saves you saves you behind when you're, when you're down on numbers. Could be a play. Um so like I said, Simpkins a really good bailout for Sonny Luke. I think, yes, Simpkins injury prone and a mark spot on in the chat. Um, and also Flash has mentioned that if you do have Marnie and you're pairing him with Simpkin, you won't have a hooker in round 17. So that that is a that is a bit of a drama. But maybe if you have Marnie and you're sick of him, you can go Marnie down to, to Simpkin to free up cash. Um, but if you've got Marnie and Sonny Luke, you're in a bit of shit. So um, probably can't make that move if that's the case. Uh, unless you then look at moving Marnie next week, which you probably wouldn't do. Wouldn't make sense. Bit of a waste of a trade. Uh, Damo, did you did you hear as well that uh, I've heard that Luke Brooks is actually the front runner to end up at the Dragons next uh, next year? Uh, I know you didn't want me to say it, but sorry, I couldn't help myself. Actually, could happen. I would uh, I would laugh. Now, I guess the question. There's been a few questions around John Bateman this week. Is Bateman still a pickup at his price? I think he's nearly what 700k. Has he gone over 700K now? Uh, let me quickly check. I, I would say maybe Bateman, this is the last week to probably grab him. He's 682K with a 54 break even. He's been named at lock, and it looks like he's going to be playing in the middle of the field for the rest of the year. So, I mean, from a role perspective, 
can Bateman average you 60 to 70 points for the rest of the season? I, I'd say he will. And I've said this a couple of weeks ago before people were talking about Bateman. I think he was a pickup at 580K. I think he's potentially still a pickup at 680K. But I do like the upside of Olakawatu instead. And also it gives you a player for next week too, to keep in mind, because uh, Bateman is not going to play next week. So basically you're getting him this week and you're going to have to cop him sitting on your bench next week as a non-player. So worth considering if you're kind of chasing overall or looking to time your trades perfectly. Um, Jerome Hughes coming off a 110 last week. Now, now people are prioritizing getting Nico Hines back. If people have Nico and uh, and Cleary still in their teams, which a lot did, uh, obviously Cleary being out, a lot of people held Cleary to see what was going on with Moses and Origin and who gets picked there. So if you've held off a week and you've still got Nathan Cleary sitting there and you want to go to Jerome Hughes, I don't hate it. I just feel like people are probably forcing a trade off the back of the 110. Is this now Jerome Hughes? Is he going to start to pick up work rate? Is he going to start to look a bit better? Because he hasn't really got involved that much this year. When we're looking at the season, I don't really love it. But in saying that, he'll make a little bit of cash now that he's kind of sparked that cash gen with his 110. Um, so if you've got Nico and you're looking to offload Cleary, maybe Jerome Hughes is the play. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Um, but I feel like the more moves we make at halfback, the less trades we're going to have later. I'm probably just going to hold Moses until round 21 when Nathan Cleary's back and just make that move and uh, get Cleary back in for Moses at the back end. And then I'm obviously going to try and get, I'm going to make sure I get Nico Hines for Isaiah Katoa this week so that I've got Nico Hines there for 16 and then I'll have him for 18 as well, which are the two favorable matchups. And then we probably have him for, for 19 as well, fingers crossed. Uh, last game, Sharks-Bulldogs. Braden Hammond-Ueli comes in for Royce Hunt, who's got that ankle surgery from that hip drop to Christian Welch. Uh, Hazleton comes onto the bench as well. So that's the only changes for the Sharks. I know Sharks fans have been up in arms after they're getting a flogging from the storm last week that there were no changes, basically. Um, I mean, I get it. You don't need to go and flip a team on its head. Not everybody's Freddie Fittler. You don't need to go and change everything when you lose one game, but it, it was a flogging. It was bad. So there might need to be some changes in the future for the Sharks, considering they're 0-6 against top eight teams. Um, but the good thing is they're not playing a top eight team. So uh, this week they could, and Nico Hines could go monstrous. So uh, Braden Burns is in for Josh Adokar, which is good for Burns. Uh, it's a shame he's priced so heavily to start the season because he could have been a really nice pickup. Uh, now, Chris Patolo is starting prop as well at 240K, so not a bad option. I'm just a little bit concerned about maybe Max King swapping with him uh, and then Patolo goes back to the bench and becomes that little bit 30-minute kind of front row forward plotter like everybody else has. Um, I guess the only other mention here for the Bulldogs, changes-wise, the good thing is if anybody jumped on Harrison Edwards, he's still starting lock and he's still getting 50-plus minutes a game. So he's a hold, and an indefinite hold, and it looks like they really like him in that role playing that 55 to 62, 63 minutes uh, for the dogs in the middle. So uh, he's definitely a hold, and I know that the points haven't really been there and he lost a bit of cash last week. But if he's getting that kind of minutes, there's, it's only a matter of time before he finds himself some more points and some more tries. So uh, big talent for him. <coughs> um, one thing to keep in mind, Sharks and Bulldogs game this last game of the week, neither team plays next week. So I'd be very, very careful with who I bring in from these two teams because they're both very popular teams when we're talking Supercoach, and they're both on the bye next week, which could leave you very, very short if you go and grab Nikora, you go and grab Talakai, you've got Mulatalo already, you've got Nico Hines. You you know, there's so many good options from the Sharks, and there's Preston, Jacob Karaz, uh, Harrison Edwards. There's so many good options from the Bulldogs. 
that you could end up with eight or nine players out next week and end up being short, which is a drama. And you we don't get the best 13 next week. We get 17. So be very wary of that. And it's kind of bit me in the ass a little bit, but I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to cop it and make a, maybe a move or two next week to make sure I've got a little bit of color. Um, I will be captaining Nico Hines this coming week for this matchup. End of story. That's it. Um, I was going to talk about captains at the end, but I'm going to say it now. Nico Hines is my captain this week. I feel like he bounces back. I feel like he sends a message to the New South Wales selectors because I don't think that you should be judging a halfback off one game. I think you should be basing it on a season, two seasons. We're talking about the Dahlia medalist from last year. So uh, I think he's going to come back and he's going to come back red hot. So if you've got Nico Hines, I'd be throwing the C on him this week. Uh, all right, questions. Managed an hour by myself. How good. Um, uh, Damo, am I moving for Fita on? It's one option. It's one option for me. I'm, I'm not – I don't feel good about it. I held him last week because I didn't really want to – I wanted to have an option this week to be able to move him if I needed to. The thing we need to think about with Fafita is that he doesn't play this week, obviously, in Origin Camp. Next week, will he back up? I mean, based on what we saw from round 13, 14, maybe he plays, but he plays limited minutes. Maybe they start him off the bench again. Um, so are we going to get 30 or 40 minutes from him? Let's say he we even get 60 points out of him next week. He's still going to drop 80K with 150 break-even. So you're going to lose 80K on him next week. Then he plays round 18. Maybe he gets a full game. Maybe he gets 80 points next week. Uh, he's still going to drop another 70K. So by the time round 19 comes across, he's in origin camp again. By the time round 20 comes, he's going to be sitting 150K cheaper than what he is right now, which puts him at about 750K. So you could it could actually be a genius move going from someone like Fafida down to an Olakawatu, where Olakawatu is bottomed out, Fafida is topped out, and there could be some cash leak. And then you could probably even move a Hopgood or a Preston or someone like that back to Fafida for the run home. Um, the last buy for the Gold Coast Titans is this week. They don't have a buy after that. So um, they've got a, a pretty clean run home. So worth considering. I'm tempted to move him this week. It's probably the way that I'm looking at the moment. There aren't too many other moves I want to make. Uh, yes, Tyler, Hamali Olukawatu, definitely an option. Uh, I mentioned him a little bit earlier in depth. So if you want to wait until this finishes, go back, have a look. Uh, Matty Burton, yeah, don't mind it. I think the risk, though, is that he comes into Origin 3 if things go pear-shaped for New South Wales in Game 2. Uh, there is a chance maybe that he finds his way into Game 3 and it fucks everyone's plans up. But Burton's been great. He's been great. He's been finding the line. He's been scoring tries. He's been setting up tries. His scores over the last five rounds, I think he's averaging 70-odds, so can't argue. Can't argue with him. <coughs> uh, Manu VC, Gustavo, Nico C. Yeah, I like the Manu VC. I think that's a great play. Um, when do the Roosters play this week? That's the question. Oh, they play second game. I like it. So Manu VC, Nico C is, is what I'm thinking, or... You could do, if you've got Kalen Ponga, which I do, I don't mind Kalen Ponga VC, Nico Hines C. Uh, the Roosters are decimated. They're looking bad. Their defense is terrible. Kalen Ponga could rip him to shreds with no Teddy. Um, so I don't mind it at all. Uh, so much cash, Salty saying, so much cash to have on the bench. I think I'll have three mil on the bench if I don't trade. I mean, not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, maybe one of those guys might be a trade-out to f to find numbers or to feed more cash. Depending on how many trades you have left, though, you need to consider if you've got 14 or less maybe around this time of the year, it's probably time to hold if you can manage to fill a full team this week. 
Um, yeah, you've got a trade deficiency. Yeah, fair call. Um, Tyler's asking, hold Dylan Brown or straight swap to Mun and straight swap to Munster or make the move and go Ponga? If you play head-to-head, -head, I'd probably say Munster's the play. If you play for overall and you're very conscious of your overall rank and you want a bit of a pod, Ponga may be the play. I think we need to remember that Munster will miss, obviously, this week, and he'll also miss round 19. So maybe round 20 is when you start jumping on these guys, like Grant Munster, for the run home. Uh, I won't get Munster yet. I want to get a guy that's probably going to play me one extra game through that period. So that's why I went with Ponga last week. He'll only miss round 19, Ponga, which is fine. Um, maybe I'll move him on by then. I don't know. But my Ponga to Munster play a little bit later is probably the plan for me. Um Basically, if you like upside and you like getting a little bit spicy with it and you're looking for a pod, go Ponga. Uh, I did this last week. Otherwise, if you want to go with a proven gun that plays one game less, just back Munster and he's coming off 120-odd. So don't mind that at all. Uh, Mark is saying, I hope you're right, Brain, for you and Nico. I don't own him. He looked out of sorts the other night. Maybe Origin on his mind. He might come out and brain it. No, no pun intended. Uh, you're okay. And Mark's giving it a miss. Fair enough. Look, I mean, it's got some big balls to go against Nico Hines again off a bounce back game uh, against the Bulldogs who have been pretty ordinary and leaked points, but it could be a masterstroke getting back round 18 instead. And then you don't have to kind of find cash and rip your team apart this week to try and get Nico Hines in. I mean, you've got to think what's a win. Does he, if he gets less than a hundred, this week against the Bulldogs, I'd probably consider it a win considering what's his break even, like close to that or more than that now anyway off his 40. So he's starting to leak cash too. Um, I just have a feeling this week that Nico's going to brain it um, following on with your lead mark. So, mate, 19 trades left salty. I'd be just running the gauntlet. I'd take on Ponga and then if it doesn't work out, trade him out. Don't mind it. Uh, 19's good. I've got 18 and I'm going to make two trades this week. So that'll leave me with 16. Um, all right, trades and captains. So I'm I need 200k to go to Nico. So my plan is: do I trade out Marju? Do I get spicy and get, go with a Tupo or a Saab or a Jacob Karaz? Then my other option is: do I trade out Christian Welch for Chris Patolo? Don't I don't actually love that at all. Um, but it'd give me an extra number this week. But then it fucks me for next week. So I probably don't like that as much. Or my third option is: do I go for Fafita to Olakawatu? And I'm probably siding towards Fafita to Olakawatu and just going to bite the bullet knowing that Fafida is only going to play one full game up until round 21. That's probably my logic there. I might do it. VC either Ponga or Manu, C, Nico Hines. That's how I'm looking. Uh, Damo, last time I took the risk to miss a round of Hines, he scored 3 million. Yes, I did exactly the same thing, and I thought, you know what? He came back in round four, and I go, yep, I'll just get him after his buy in round six. He played round four, and he got 180, and then round five, he got 100. 20, 130 or something stupid. So that absolutely buried me, that 180, because everyone captained him as well. So uh, I'm not going against him again. I'm exactly in the same camp as you, Damo. I don't, I don't think I can do it. Do not think I can fade Nico Hines. And the good thing is with Nico Hines, if you're going to go and get him in, he's a pick and stick. You don't need to think later on about whether you sell him or not. He's just a hold for the run home. And he'll probably average you 80 to 90 for the run home. He's the in the top two best halfback options. And if you can get a chance to pick him up at a discount, which I believe he is right now at a discount, you just grab it. And he's playing two weaker teams in the Bulldogs and the Dragons in the next three weeks. So if you needed uh, to be convinced on Nico Hines, I've just done it for you. That basically brings us to the end of the episode, guys. Thanks for sticking with me. Uh, oh, one last question from Merv about Turpin. 
Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe I should just quote Matrix on this one and say I fucking hate it um, because that's exactly what Maddie said last week when someone asked him about Turvin. Um, uh, uh, Brandon Smith is due back, I think, in the next couple of weeks. I think Brandon Smith is due back between round 17 and 19. So, I mean, at best, you get three more weeks of Turpin. What's he done in the last couple of weeks? I mean, he got that 60 the other week, didn't he? Uh, and he got 56 the week before. He's 307K now too. Um, minus 10 break even. Don't mind it. Don't, uh, you know what? You've got to obviously have a plan to get him out. And I think now we're starting to get to a point where we want to get people in where we don't want to have bridging trades. What I mean by bridging trades are someone that gets you to someone else. You don't want to get a Turpin in to get you to someone else. You want to try and get in potentially like you got Turpin at 300K, then you got Reed Marnie at 430. Why not just go Reed Marnie? He's your perfect second hooker for the run home. Just spend up an extra 130K if you can. Get that lock and load second hooker that you can kind of play and not feel bad about if Harry Grant's rested or whatever, if the Storm have a buy. Um, I would much rather go up to him or just go super cheap and go Simpkin and see if you can get 200K out of him. Uh, that's, that's my opinion on Turpin. Guys, that'll do me. Throat's nearly gone. Barely had a drink, but I've enjoyed myself. And thanks for really getting involved. And thanks for keeping me company with the comments. It's been good chat. Hopefully I've been able to help you kind of think through these, these moves. And, and to be honest with you, my moves might change in the next couple of days. So join the Discord if you haven't already. It's in the comments above. Um, I always put my final trades and all my thoughts and, and answer a ton of trade questions every single week, me and Matrix. So jump in, uh, pick your sport enjoy yourself, get involved in the chat, really good community on the Discord, so make sure to jump in there. Um, otherwise, guys, we uh, probably won't do a countdown show this week, but uh, if you have any questions, drop them in the comments and I'll get back to you over the next couple of days. Otherwise, I'll leave you to it. Thanks for joining me. You've been listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Catch you later.